Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Albert Breer, NFL Network, nice enough to join us here on 95.7 The Game. The news today is that Eric Bieniemy is taking the offensive coordinator job in Washington. Is there, I don't, I don't even want to lead the witness and tell you how Ray and I have been talking about this. Is there anything that you, is there, is there anything about this that doesn't look funny to you? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's obviously a weird situation, you know, that he hasn't gotten a chance um, after five years of the offensive coordinator there. Um, you know, you can talk about the things in his past from the 90s, there are a lot of coaches that have skeletons in their closet. Um, you can say he didn't interview well. And, you know, there's been guys. There have been guys that have gotten past that too. You can say he's not a play caller. Obviously, Nagy and Peterson got shots coming out of the same system without having called plays under Andy Reid. So, you know, I you know I I think Eb is definitely deserving of his shot. Um, I do think one thing that's like interesting here that I think you everybody should pay attention to. I don't think this story has served him well, you know, and, and I understand it's an important story and people should be talking about it, but you know, I, I think there's an element of teams not wanting to hire the victim, you know, and teams like, it's like almost like the problems become the problem for him, you know, and this is a chance for him to change the narrative and just go somewhere and be a good football coach and have it not be about, oh, well, he's getting screwed, you know? And so I, I, I think in that way, and it's not fair, and I'm not saying it's fair, um, but in that way, like, if your goal isn't to prove a point, if your goal is to go get a head coaching job and you're Eric the enemy, I can see where you would do this because you would say, what more can I do in, in year six as the Chiefs offensive coordinator that's going to change anything? Nothing, right? But I can go over here, and if I say I have a top 15 offense, that's going to be more impactful on my career than having a top five offense again in Kansas City. So, like, you add that up, and, 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 and I actually think it makes some sense where, you know, it, it, it can change the narrative for him a little bit. I think, you know, and, and again, like, he shouldn't have to do this, but I, but I do see where if you're, if you're him and you're in that position and you want to be a head coach where this would seem like it'd be the right move, the right risk to take. You're Kyle Shanahan. You're looking at your offseason, and obviously quarterback is a situation you're still trying to you know, iron out there. What's the other element of this offseason that should concern Shanahan the most? Forget about the quarterback. What else do the Niners need um, in order to reach the say, Super Bowl? I would say offensive line. You know, um, McGlinchey's a free agent. They've obviously got some younger guys on the interior. 
Um, you know, and, and I, I just, you know, I look how the injury happened in the NFC title game. And I would say, like, for the, if you're the Niners, you really want to make sure that things are tied up in front of whoever the quarterback's going to be. Because I, I think the team's good enough to win with, like, good, not great quarterback plays. They're one of the few teams that is, you know, um, and that potentially could win a championship without having great quarterback play, and it's getting harder and harder to do that in the NFL because of the rules and everything else. So I think it's, you know, it's on John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan to put the best group around uh, whoever the quarterback is next year. And we know the skill position players are in great shape, right, with um, with Debo and Ayuk and Kittle and, and, and McCaffrey. So, like, I, I just think it's at this point, like, the, 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 the biggest swing factor outside of the quarterback position is what happens on that offensive line. And they've got a great offensive line coach at Chris Furster to, to help them there. Um, but I think they got to make sure whatever happens with McGlinchey, take care of that. If it's not McGlinchey at right tackle, have an answer there, and then do what you need to do to augment the interior to make sure you are where you need to be in September. Senior NFL reporter, the Monday morning quarterback himself, Albert Breer. Thank you so very much for joining us. Appreciate it. Have yourself a, a nice three-day weekend. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Thank you very much. Albert Breer here on 95.7 The Game. You know, he said something, and it immediately started popping up the way a few people were talking about it here on the uh, Xfinity Mobile text line. And and I do think we need to circle back to what he was saying about Trey Lance and the potential that they saw in him. And, you know, they were they, they were looking at, you know, comparing him to Jalen Hurts. Comparing him to Justin Fields. I'm going to tell you right now, had Jalen Hurts or Justin Fields ever got a recruiting letter from North Dakota State, they wouldn't even bother to opening it. Okay? I mean, I'm not saying that because you come from a small school, you're not ready for the NFL. Because there's nothing in the NFL that proves that you can play in that league but that league itself. But if you're really looking to start with a skill set, I mean, Justin Fields would have been the guy to have drafted. Or Mac Jones, say whatever you want. That guy ran a system at Alabama that probably would have had him come in and be ready to run Kyle Shanahan's system in the way that Brock Purdy just stepped right into the role. Trey Lance might end up coming together and the the raw stone is polished into the reddest ruby in the crown jewels. That could happen. Or he might never really be an NFL quarterback at all like the vast majority of quarterbacks who ever played at North Dakota State never were. Um, No, there's always been that very real possibility because he was a blank slate. And now that Albert Breer has suggested that there are people inside the building who aren't crazy about his running and have always wondered about his arm, it does lead you to start to think that maybe if he does make it, that's, you know, that's higher and higher odds than before. Well, like, a, I mean, they loved him because he was an athlete. And every single but, bit of news that comes out of this is he might not be the athlete they thought he was. Well, that I mean, but that's my point is if you just drafted the athlete at a position that requires more than merely athleticism, um, maybe this ends up being a profound mistake because it's a gamble that basically 
undermines what Kyle Shanahan has always indicated he believes about quarterbacks, that you've got to be able to operate within the system, which means you have to be able to be not just an athlete, but that special kind of athlete quarterback who has a specific set of skills. And you don't have to be a great runner to be a very good quarterback. It helps, but Albert Breer did say that he was trying to grow the offense, that he wanted something other than what he's had. And yet what he's had has been incredibly successful. So it almost feels like Kyle Shanahan with that draft choice was trying to repudiate the thing that he does best, which is make a system and then find the quarterback to work within the system. With Lance, it almost feels like, and this again is based on next to no information, that he was trying to find the quarterback and then look for a system that would make it work. I mean, I, I yeah, I, that that that's part of it. And again, it could all work out. It really could. But the whole notion that, you know, when we're talking about guys with skill sets coming out of college, just focus on the raw skill set. Uh, sort of, you know, look past where he's coming from is a little bit of fool's gold. Like, you know, somebody here from the 650 says, you know, Hertz played at Alabama and at Oklahoma. Not some one double-A program that plays nobody. You know how good it is for a really good athlete at a one double-A program that plays nobody to look like a good athlete on the field of a one double-A program playing basically nobody? It's a lot easier than it is for, oh, say, Justin Fields to run past every single defense in the Big Ten. It's a lot easier. So Justin Fields is probably the guy, and Shanahan had a lot of background with him as well that he was willing to overlook for Trey Lance. And it's going to be fascinating to see. Fascinating to see what that all looks like. Um, look, you know, somebody here, Ray is a joke for blaming the Raiders the way Carr plays in November, December. He can't play in cold weather. Look it up. Watch the tape. I've lost respect for you, Ray. Well, that's probably a good place to be operating from. You don't really need to respect Ray very much. But he ain't wrong on Derek Carr. Let me tell you what is a clown show. Every single element of Derek Carr's career with the Raiders, but for 2016, was an unmitigated clown show. And if you're a Raider fan, you should thank God every day that we don't talk about them like we used to. Because how the Derek Carr situation ended is as much of a clown show as every element that he was there. Like, so I'm not saying that he could have commanded uh, you know, a second, a fourth, and a sixth-round pick like Sam Darnold or Carson Wentz got traded for a first and a third. Uh, Wentz again got traded again for two thirds. Matt Ryan got traded for a third-round pick. Um, there was an element of Carr's departure that is so clownish the way that they negotiated an extension but lost all the leverage in the negotiation that they brought so they couldn't turn him into anything. They're losing Derek Carr for nada. You don't, if you're a smart team, lose assets for nothing. It's, 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 it's insane. It's insane. It's just, it's crazy the way that the Raiders are so poor at identifying talent that can play in the league and then so poor at doing business around the talent that is best for their own franchise.
Well, they don't have, they didn't have a long-term plan for him going into this year. And you could tell by the fact that they did the contract that got him $40 million and the no-trade clause and everything else that you would think meant a commitment to him. And then 15, 15 games in, Mark Davis, and this is reported by Vic Tafer of The Athletic, not just me pulling stuff out of my ear, you know, that Mark Davis was just sick of looking at him. Well, that's not how you make football decisions. No, it's certainly not. It's you know, I mean, you you either you either commit to the contract farther than a year, or you should have started having reservations about him before, and that's why the Raiders are a nightmare. It's because even with good players, and they have some, they never have a unifying theory about who they are or what they want to do, or how they want to do it. And that's why the Raiders are a problem. It's not the fan base. It's not the players. It's the fact that the front office has been a mess, and has been for years. And situations dictate careers massively. Derek Carr, in any other situation, I think is bound for a better career than the one that he was able to overcome. And again, 2016, that was peak Del Rio, peak Reggie McKenzie, Khalil Mack winning the Defensive Player of the Year. The one-year Derek Carr had a bit of a defense. What do you know? He throws for 4,000 yards, a lot of touchdowns, very few picks. He had Latavius Murray at his best, Crabtree Cooper, Slot Roberts. He had Marquette King dancing after he would punt the ball. Like, that was a pretty good team. He gets his leg broken at the end of the year, and you got to go with, God, who was, who, who, Connor Cook? And and Houston, oh, that was rough. But I'm telling you, situations dictate careers. Josh Dubow had this. Just to let you know, Raiders this past year drafted running back Britton Brown out of UCLA, the 250th overall. He played zero offensive snaps all season. The very next pick, Chiefs draft Isaiah Pacheco, 1,222 yards, six touchdowns, and a Super Bowl champion. Where you are matters. Watching Derek Carr in another building is going to be fascinating. And it might be the sobriety check that a lot of Raider fans don't want to get pulled over and really find out how drunk they've been on Raider nonsense through all these years saying that he's been the problem. When we come on back, we got Ramona Shelburne. We're talking NBA. It's All-Star Weekend. Buyout market. Lots to get into with Ramona. She is next. We're brought to you here, Damon and Ratto, by 5-Hour Energy. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got 
you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Now back to Damon and Ratto on 95.7 The Game. So one of the things that we might have done earlier today, and welcome back to Damon and Ratto. It's great to have you here uh, all day long on President's Day. The station is going to be live and local, baby. Got Kruger and Alan Stiles hanging out in the morning from 6 to 10. Willard and Steiny from 10 to 2. And Whitey Gleason and Ray Ratto. Oh, yeah. I'm on vacation. Suck it, Ray. Okay. Happy President's Day. I'll get through it. I'll be back in in March. March 1st. You're going to miss me when I'm gone. I don't even miss me, and I'm with me all the time. Well, that's, how can you miss someone that constantly loiters? True. I'd like to figure out a way to miss me. <laughs> um, we got... Uh, we got Ramona Shelburne joining us in just a little bit here. I know that Antoine Walker was on today. He was talking with Steiny and Guru about the Warriors saying, you know, until the king is dead, you can't count out the king. But no one is afraid as they used to be. They caught people off guard with the three-point shooting, the style of play. But I think people have, you know, caught on in there. So you need other guys to step up and, and play big for them. But they're going to have a shot. Anytime you got Steph and, and Clay and Draymond and those guys with experience, they get in a series. Um, and Steve Kerr, they can they can wear you down, and and with their with their experience, so they're going to have a legitimate shot. But I think the fear of playing them is probably gone. Mm. Think about it. I think that's that that aspect of it is gone. So I think now teams are ready for them to kind of know what to expect. But it's it's still going to be hard to eliminate them. I just think those guys, if if they're on top of their game and they're playing well, and if Clay is making shots and Jordan Poole, they're going to be right there again. And there's a part. That I hear and, you know, I want to start nodding in agreement. And you know what, Ray? Steph, Clay, and Dre, those guys are champions. They are going to be hard to eliminate. The rest of the Golden State Warriors, however, might get swept. You know what I mean? It, the, the three guys that you're banking on are the only guys that you could possibly be banking on this coming postseason. And three versus five is a hard proposition. And I'll do respect... Kevon Looney. And I want to give 
a level of respect to Andrew Wiggins that we thought he had earned in the postseason last year, but hasn't exactly flashed a lot for us this year. But uh, the problem with the Warriors aren't the established guys. It's everyone else. It is, and yet the problem that the Warriors have is that they didn't manage to build the bridge in the six, seven, eight, nine players that they've usually had. And I would submit that that's probably the hardest thing to do in basketball is to find the useful guys that come off the bench in numbers. Everybody's got a sixth man that's kind of useful. But it's when you get to seven, eight, and nine. And playing the way the Warriors require you to play means that you've got to be not only good, but good at a specific set of skills that are not often that plentiful in the league. That's why I've always said this is a roster construction problem, not a will-to-win problem or necessarily an injury problem. What they have hoped for throughout this entire sort of bridge period is that the young guys could pick up what the old guys know through osmosis. Right. And they would be the six, or the seven, eight, nine. Right. And that hasn't happened. I mean, they've got, you know, they've gotten Kaminga. To a certain extent, they've got DiVincenzo. But after that, you're sort of, you know, it's a, it's a white knuckle ride. And that's why they're in the position they're in right now. Could they pick this stuff up late? I mean, Gary Payton did late. Otto Porter was more useful late. It can happen, but you keep going to that well, eventually you're going to come up dry because that's the law of big numbers. Buyout market options to get better. There aren't many for the Warriors. Their own attention to detail defensively is going to see them through their remaining 24 games and whatever the postseason could possibly look like for them. And... We will get back to the Warriors when Ramona Shelburne joins us here in just a little bit on 95.7 The Game. One of the things that we were talking about earlier, though, before Albert Breer came on with us, Ray, was just what football will look like in the future. We both agree that they'll probably be willing to cut their Super Bowl viewing audience in half if it meant they made more money with it behind a pay-per-view wall or on a streaming service. So 10 years from now, when this media rights deal is up, Ray and I both agree the, the the NFL's Super Bowl will probably be waiting for everyone on a pay-per-view basis. Look at what we're willing to pay for YouTube stars fighting washed-up boxers. Millions of people buy that. If that little boutique of sports niche is selling a million, the NFL could sell the Super Bowl pretty darn easily. Let me ask you about a few other elements that the league is going to be considering a decade from now. Because it's not just the actual technology that's being delivered, but where some of the technology will be used to deliver you games from. Let me ask you this, Ray. Ten years from now, do you think there might be a chance at all that the Super Bowl could possibly be played in another country? Export the biggest game of the year, turned it into a travel package for the elite, which essentially the Super Bowl kind of already is. And what do you know? I mean, did you see the map of private airplanes around Sky Harbor Airport or whatever? Like as soon as the Super Bowl was over, within three hours of Super Bowl ending, 500 different private planes had taken off from either Sky Harbor or around it. I don't know what they get out of that. 
I think sending games to Europe and Mexico makes fine sense. They they do very well. But I think if you start exporting the Super Bowl, you're kind of flying in the face of like your last vestiges of connection to the country you're in because you are starting to mess with Americana right there. Yes. And the other thing is soccer, which does send its championship from country to country, uh, has always been an international game. And the NFL has never been an international game. It's been an American game. And I don't know what they gain by taking it to Germany or taking it to Italy or, or England or Mexico City or whatever that they can't already have here. And truthfully, the, the, the Super Bowl is a reward to an owner of a team here. And since nobody's got a team overseas that's based there, you're rewarding no owner. And man, owners don't like not being rewarded. I mean, the, 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 the NBA All-Star Game is in Salt Lake City. Why? Because the NBA wanted to take care of Gail Miller because she's been a good and loyal owner. She's now no longer owns the team, but when they awarded it to Salt Lake City, that was a thank you to her. That's, here's a chance for you to make a little extra jack. And so that's why the Super Bowl, I don't think is gonna leave the country. We'll get back to this and we'll talk about the international footprint in just a minute, but right now, as promised, Ramona Shelburne of ESPN, nice enough to join us here. She's not in Salt Lake City. She is, uh, she, she, she's, She's more like us than she probably ever imagined she would be. She's been hanging out on Sports Talk Radio down in L.A. Are you going to make it up to Salt Lake? Or is there any stories you're looking to, to chase up in Utah? Are you sitting this dance out, Ramona? Yeah, sitting it out. You know, the truth is, All-Star was like, it used to be a good access um, event. And then I think the last, I don't know, rather, rather you know, like, it's like, it's just a giant age for people to ask dumb questions and if I really need something I would get it in another place. Yeah, it's a like, trade show. It's it's yeah. essentially what the Super Bowl has become. Yeah. It's yeah, not it's a great not, place to get great stories. No. And it's like it used to be a place to see every to see everyone and go to all the different events, but like I don't know. I think COVID changed a lot of that. I people stopped going to things and then um if you do go it's gotta be really worth it. And, and yeah, I'm I'm different now. I got two kiddos, you know, so I I pick my spots on travel a little more selectively. Well, I'm a little ashamed of you because you just missed a three-point competition in which Albert Pujols was one of the com contestants. Oh, I mean, that's that's big, huh? Yeah, well, that, I assume that's why you would always go and hoping that you could see a 43-year-old baseball player see if he could make a 25-foot jump shot. <laughs> he, didn't draw iron, yeah. he didn't draw iron once, by the way. <laughs> yeah. not, not even close, not even in the neighborhood of hitting a three. Wow. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> a three-pointer is a harder shot than you think to hit, but okay. Ramona Shelburne here on 95.7 The Game, and it's been a long time, Ramona. I mean, an awful lot has happened, especially around the Warriors yeah. since the last time we talked. Um, let, let's just, I mean, they're, they're, let's just go through the petals of the Warriors' rose right now, and we'll start right. with, with James Wiseman. What do you think of them punting on the great experiment? <sighs> you know, I, I feel like it was a salary dump. Like, it wasn't even just the great experiment. It was like he was going to make $12 million next year. I think it was it was less about completely giving up on him and more about you just make too much money. You know, you're just going to make too much money next year. And, you know, I know that there was a, the experiment of his talent and this and that, but he lost a couple of years to injury. That was key developmental time. 
you can't get that back and you just can't get that time with a team that's trying to win now. And some of the other kids have played more, done more with what they, the time they've gotten. And, but they're also not making 12 million next year. Like, I think that really matters because I think you have to phrase any conversation about James Weissman with like, okay, would you rather keep him than Clay Thompson? Would you rather keep him than Draymond Green? Because that's kind of what it gets down to. Um, let, let me ask this because this was sort of a topic of conversation the week and weeks leading into the trade deadline. Where were the other places that James Weissman could have landed? Because there doesn't seem to have been a great yeah. demand for him. And I'm wondering almost if the Pistons took him because that was their only way of getting rid of Sadiq Bey. You know, okay, Ray, it was, it was really interesting for me, too, because, like, the market surprised me as well. Like, a, a lot of conversation, you know, I remember Zach Lowe said on his podcast maybe, I, I want to say six weeks ago. And we were, they were talking about what should the Warriors do with Weissman? Should they keep him? Should they trade him now? You know, yada, yada. And he said something like, what if you end up with, would you do James Weissman for Kelly Olynyk? I mean, are we there yet? Are we trading the number two overall pick from a couple years ago for Kelly Olynyk? Okay. That was not even on the table. Like, if they wanted Kelly Olynyk, they had to trade Weissman and a first. <laughs> because that's, that's how much future money was worth in this market. Like the the $12 million is actually for next year is actually way was act, you know, uh, in that, in whatever this landscape is now, for some reason, teams are, we're just not willing to take on guys who are guaranteed money like that. It was taking, you were, you were having to give up first just to get rid of future money. And, and I don't know, I don't know really know what's causing that. I haven't quite got to the bottom of it, but it really surprised me because it it's not how things have gone the last few years. How about the poo-poo platter of second-round picks that got thrown around? Like a, a, a tray of cocktails at a bar. I mean, it was it was something else yeah. that, that they came into such a focus after being just throwaways. Now you get five in one day. Okay, so the butterfly effect of James Wiseman's trade lands the Warriors' Gary Payton the second. But it really doesn't because he's hurt. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I've been asking is how do two different NBA doctors see the same patient and walk away with such drastically different diagnoses? In Portland, he was go ahead and play. Here they said, you can't play for two months. I mean, that feels like the union should get involved at some point there. It's, um, I, I, I think with core muscle injuries and especially a, a recovery from surgery, um, this is not my area of expertise on a medical scale. However, I have had two C-sections, okay? <laughs> and I will tell you that that involves all of your core muscles, right? And yeah. it's like healing from that is weird. <laughs> is, that, is, that, is that a good expert opinion? Yeah. The healing from it's weird. When, they, when, when your core is messed up, you have days like where I get on the Pilates chair. I still go to PT religiously because... I don't want to have another back problem because like, when you have a core problem, then you end up with a back problem. Like it just it goes from one area to the next. And it is like one day I have to fight through to finish the Pilates session. And the other day I'm like sailing through and I'm great. And so I, I, I guess the, the way I want to answer your question is when you have surgery on your core and they cut into those muscles, there's always weird scar tissue and weird things with the healing that doesn't, 
it doesn't always make sense in to, to different people, right? It's it's the way you feel. So I I can see how you would have a different opinion on that. I are they I giving you Toradol? Are they giving you Toradol to get through that Pilates no, class? <laughs> but my, like my first C-section was way worse than my second. Sure, but you know it's it's hard to say and, and how one person heals from a surgery like that versus another. But like core muscle surgery, that sounds pretty rough. Ray might want to bounce around the rest of the league. I got one more Warriors question for you. Okay. What do you think, if anything, they do on the buyout market? There's clear, per Perfect ain't coming to town. What's the best that they could come up with? What they really need is um, they, they just need perimeter defense. Their point of attack defense uh, is, is awful. I mean, that's why that's why they can't stop anybody. Like the the backline defense, Looney and and Draymond is not not what it used to be, but still good enough. Sounds like a country song, right? I ain't as good as I used to, right? But I'm still good enough. Um, that, that's kind of what that's what they are uh, on on that side. But the front of the line defense, that's Wiggins, Jordan Poole, Clay Thompson, Steph, all those guys. They just haven't been the same players. Like they just haven't stop the point of attack and I that's why they went and got Gary and so on the buyout market like I don't know there was an interesting guy that the, the, that came available today I'd be, I'm curious to see if they take a flyer on him uh, Moses Brown is a guy who um, the Clippers just waved him he was like a good center like he's kind of a, like a young kid who they were they were high on and they were playing but um, they need to make some room um, I don't see the Warriors getting involved in anybody like Westbrook, I'm I'm curious to see if they get involved in a Kevin Love. He is a good shooter. He's a smart cerebral basketball player. You just had Pat Bev in front of you. Has he got anything left? Yeah, Pat Bev. Yeah, he's got. He has some moments, especially he could have some moments in the playoffs. The question is, do you want to? He's there's there's a lot that comes along with Pat Beverly, right? How's that play in that locker room? Do he and Draymond Green can that coexist? I don't know. That's a, that feels like too. Um, uh, firecrackers. <laughs> I don't know if you want to put them next to each other. Uh, so I, I don't know. To me, the Warriors' solutions are from within. They just got to play better. They got to get the guys who signed big contracts in the offseason to play better. They got to get Clay to be closer to old Clay more consistently. I think he will. He seems better lately. He seems like he's 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 turning a corner, like he kind of did last year too. They need to get Steph back where he resembles Steph. That, that foot injury doesn't sound great to me leg injury. So I, I think their solutions are from within, not really the buyout market. Um, the Lakers have won one game with their new lineup and everybody who follows the Lakers were mm -hmm. dro drooling all over it as though they had suddenly found their way to becoming the three seed. Yeah. In, in a realistic way, are they in this and to what extent are they in it? Alright, so it's a math problem now. Um, as somebody with the Lakers said to me the other day, it's a short season. I just don't have that many games. I think they have 23 games left. So we talk about the all-star break and the trade deadline as if it's the midpoint of the season. No, we're, it's like the quarter. There's, we played three quarters of the season, basically. And this is, there's not a lot of games left to make up the, the bad losses they had earlier in the year. And so, I was I was doing the math the other day. I think they need to go something like fifteen and eight in those last twenty three to to get to five hundred. I'm a, don't quote me on that yet. Okay, it's been a long week, but um, but they but they have to win a, a lot of games in a row against a, a challenging schedule. I mean, they have a couple games with Houston, et cetera. But like, there's 
they have a tough schedule ahead. And I don't know, is there enough time for the new guys to gel? Is there enough time to get on a run? Can AD and LeBron stay healthy? I, it, it feels like they just they might run out of runway. If that's the case, and they miss the playoffs again, yeah, what 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 do they do about next year? Are they going to stand pat with this? Because now it'll be, I think, eight of the last ten years they missed the playoffs entirely. Yeah, and all of a sudden now you're now you're becoming Sacramento. Is there is there a sense that maybe people in LA might be coming off the boil about this team finally? I don't get that right now. I, I think if they had not done this trade for D'Angelo, if they had not been in the mix, they because they didn't stand pat. Like they actually made some pretty significant moves, and I thought. All their moves were good moves. The way they pulled them off, they, they threaded this needle of removing Westbrook while also not taking on future money, while also only giving up one of their two future assets, bringing in some young players. Like what they they didn't necessarily need D'Angelo Russell. I mean, he's going to help them. What they really needed was just depth. They haven't had depth for a while. Like they just don't have enough guys who can play the rotational players. Well, you know, everyone at the Lakers is really excited about Jared Vanderbilt and Malik Beasley. They're just excited to have some dudes, right? Like some guys who can get out there and give them a eight, nine-man rotation now. And and I think that um, what do they do about next year? Like what is like this? Rob Rob Palenka did a, a press conference where he said something like he coined a term. I, I actually kind of like it. I don't know called like pre-agency this is like pre-agency for us like not free agency pre-agency that's <laughs> pretty creative yeah um another word would be to say this is an audition <laughs> and um you know they have they're gonna have or the ability to create 30 something million in cap space if they want to keep hachimura or not Roy hachimura um or or d'angelo they have they have they would have their cap holds on the books that you can always renounce the rights to or do a sign and trade if you want to um, to create more space and so I think they have a lot of options and 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 there's a they can keep D'Angelo Russell and sign into an extension they can go after James Harden or Kyrie Irving or any other potential free agents that are out there they they actually they did a pretty good job opening the door for a lot of different options and. And just getting themselves some more players. Like, they just, like, the guys they traded away weren't playing for them very much. They were not solid rotational players. And so, I, I, I think people in L.A. felt like this took way too long to solve the Westbrook situation. But if they finish strong, if they make the playoffs, I, I, I think this group gets a, gets a crack to go for it. If they, if they miss the playoffs, if one of the two guys or three guys gets injured, um, they might just, you know, start all over again with a new group of people. And, and, and they've left themselves some openings to do that. Ramona, it had been a really long time. Thanks for letting us reach out to you. Great catching up with you. Enjoy you. Uh, the weekend, the All-Star break, and, and Monday off. So thank you very much. Yeah, I'm, I'm working Monday. I never go anywhere. I got, like, two kids. Where am I going to go? There you go. I'm, uh, we're in the same boat. Yeah, I, yeah I, go, I go to the park, with the, and I play with the baby. Like, yeah. <laughs> no day, and then I work. That's the, no yeah. days off. What beat are you on right now? I'm on the Paw Patrol beat. I cover Paw Patrol oh. and the NBA. Yeah. Paw Patrol. <laughs> Paw Patrol will be there on the double. I mean, I know all the words. Yeah. Chase, Marshall, the whole gang. We're all there Double. for it. Thank you. Yeah. I, I like Everest. He's my favorite. <laughs>
<laughs> Thank you, Ramona. Bye, guys. There she is. Ray, who's your favorite Paw Patrol character? Um... Winston Churchill. Yeah, I was about to Harvey. Is that, is what I, name you're gonna I've never seen a moment of it. Oh, you're you're. Thank God. I had day. Barney. What? You can take Paw Patrol and shove it right in your ear. Fair enough. By the way, we are uh, coming back for our longest commercial-free segment of the entire day. It's going to be glorious. We're going to introduce you to Ray's spirit animal. We're going to talk about big bust-outs, not just at fish shows, but in Major League Baseball as well. So stick around. That's what we got in what is going to be my final hour. Oh, my God, until March 1st, vacation, which means breaking news is coming your way soon here on 95.7 The Game. Damon and Rattle were brought to you by Fremont Bank, full-service banking, no compromises. Com slash radio. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. Its powerful technology identifies people with the right experience and actively invites them to apply to your job. You get qualified candidates fast. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you what you're looking for. The needle in the haystack. See why four out of five employers who post a job in ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free at ZipRecruiter.com slash radio. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash radio. ZipRecruiter.com slash radio. The easy way to donate your car. Donate today and your car can be picked up tomorrow. Call 877-CARS-FOR-KIDS today or donate online at carsforkids.org. Remember, that's cars with a K. Johnny Mosley here with your Friday Toyota Tahoe report. While Mother Nature is still making up her mind, load up the Toyota and get on the road because the weekend is better in the mountains. Thanks, Johnny. Partly to mostly cloudy skies again today. Winds will be light and variable throughout the day with highs in the mid-30s. The drier weather continues through this weekend with the next chance for snow coming into the area next week. This report has been brought to you by your local Toyota dealers. Check out Toyota's full lineup of mountain-ready all-wheel drive vehicles. Toyota, let's go places. Hey, it's Tiki Barber. When part of your offense isn't firing on all cylinders, it shows. And sometimes the only solution is to replace that part with something new. It's true on a championship team, and it's also true with cars. That's why I love eBay Motors. They have all the right parts at the right prices. 122 million of them. That way, you can get the parts you need to make your car a winner. eBayMotors.com. Let's ride. Every piece of land has a story. Some right there is behind the wheel of a John Deere 1 Series tractor, like the Upshaws. This is my tractor Penny. It's all about attention to detail. But the Nelsons love cruising around their expansive Montana ranch in their John Deere Gator UV. We've been here since 1868. While the Caggianos drive a John Deere zero-turn mower to keep their Long Island brewery looking sharp. Don't call me. Don't bother me. I'm going out to mow for a couple hours. Run with us and start telling your story. Learn more at JohnDeere.com slash radio. When temperatures drop, COVID-19 cases may rise. So if you test positive and are at high risk, act fast. Even if your symptoms feel mild, ask your provider if an authorized oral treatment could be right for you. Visit TreatCOVID19.com. Sponsored by Pfizer. Now back to Damon and Rado on 95.7 The Game. Oh, it's great to have you here. And if you actually would ever want to watch this, not just listen, 
But you said, no, I need to take it a step even further. I got to put my eyes on these clowns, see what they're like. Well, you can watch us over on YouTube. We are on 957 The Game. You click, you subscribe. The guy in the corner office gets happy about that. Makes life just a little bit easier for Lucas and Grandy. They get yelled at a smidge less. We get to operate under the radar just a smidge more. Smash that subscribe button. It's good for business. Is what they say, Ray. Yeah, they're full of crap. They might be. Uh, thanks so much to Ramona for joining us. Always good to catch up with her. The amount of people weighing in on the uh, uh, Paw Patrol name check characters is uh, a little disturbing. I'm not going to lie. Uh, we have an awful lot to get into over the next, oh, commercial-free hour or so we have before we get to what is really going to be the final segment of the entire day where we get to talk about the first ever number retired to the rafters. But that's a little bit later on. That's a little bit later on. Ray, I want to jump back to a couple of things, bring up a couple of things, and before you know it, it'll all be over. Uh, we were talking about the future of football. What a new media rights deal 10 years from now could look like. I think the Super Bowl, Ray and I both agreed that the Super Bowl could go behind uh, a pay-per-view wall. We were asking if the Super Bowl could be bounced internationally. I think we both see that there might not be a real fervor for that because it doesn't reward an owner. But that is in a universe where there is no permanent international footprint of the NFL. It only tiptoes into other international markets. So let me also ask you this. Ten years from now, do you think we might have a permanent international footprint? And I don't even know how that gets established. I, I want to lay that on the table, that how the, per the perfect version of this perfect international footprint, I I've yet to come up with. I don't know how you do it. I, I don't want to talk about the mechanics of it, but let's just assume they've determined there is an international footprint, whether it be... You know, teams rotating home schedules. You go to London for two weeks in a row and you're the home team of a stadium that is established as the London NFL Stadium. And for two weeks, you get the place. And then two weeks, someone else gets the place. And then two weeks, someone else gets the place. And then two weeks, you have four teams coming in. That's eight games. It's kind of like a home schedule, whatever it is. Do you think we might have an established international permanent footprint London, Germany, Mexico, something to talk about in the next decade. I think you have a better chance, if you're talking international footprint, of maybe a team in Mexico City and or a team in Toronto. Because I think the problem with intercontinental travel is still pretty daunting. That even if they just send somebody out for two weeks, that means two significant time zone adjustments in a season and I don't know what owners are keen on that um, you know I mean yes Jacksonville has always sort of flirted with the idea of London because their owner Shad Khan also owns Fulham the, the soccer team based out of London but even then they just got a, a uh, an upgrade on their stadium paid for them paid for them so I I think it's far more likely that if there won't be expansion, I don't think, because I don't think the 32 guys want to split up this windfall that's coming in 10 years. I agree. So I think maybe 
I would have said Buffalo might have been a candidate, but I guess they're going to get a new stadium paid for. But if there's somebody with a stadium problem that they can't solve. Or an attendance problem. Even attendance doesn't really bother these guys. Who had the who had the lowest attendance in the NFL last year? I wouldn't know. It didn't seem like it was really a problem. But if you're having an attendance problem, you won't. The game that you play internationally, that's a sellout. Guaranteed. Almost. Yeah, but that's one time. No, the team with the lowest attendance last year was Washington. Try to move the try to move the commanders somewhere. There'd be rioting. And not just rioting in the streets, but rioting in Congress. I think there is a severe protectionist element with lawmakers and with most owners. And really, other than Shad Khan, none of them are particularly married to the idea of playing internationally, except as a, as a one-off. So I think, other than Mexico City, which is, that would be a stretch because you'd be playing at altitude higher than Denver's, or Toronto, which is one of the major global financial centers i don't see what the upside is especially when the growth of the game is more likely to be done digitally than geographically i would agree with all of that i would agree with all of that the only thing that is waiting for you internationally is a place to do business and maybe have a brisker level of business than other owners who wouldn't be willing to cut off a little bit of their own home date to sell more jerseys in you know Sri Lanka, whatever you know. That, that's yeah. it's it's it's. It, there's a lot of math that would be need to be done. Uh, a question from a guy named JP in Berkeley says, Ray, do you think that there could ever be like a merger between the NFL and maybe a CFL, like a, a, a CFL team joining the league to expand internationally? No. Um, would a CFL team not jump at that opportunity though? Sure, but what's the, what's in it for the NFL? Exactly. If they wanted to be in Canada, they could be. They could have been before uh, New York State approved this new stadium in Buffalo. Uh, but Buffalo tried Toronto and wasn't that excited by it. So no, I think the CFL will continue to exist on its own, and good because it's quaint, it's fun, it's far less corporate than the NFL. And I think there's always room for something that isn't quite as corporate. You know, because the NFL basically, it's it's a conglomerate with football tied to the end of it at this point. So, no. Okay, few more 10 years from now questions. John Skipper, who is a uh, broadcasting media maven, was with ESPN, now runs Meadowlark, which is the Levitard thing. He says that 10 years from now, there will be a volumetric 3D video that gives customers the same on-field view as the quarterback, not to mention a slew of new audio, statistical, and co-viewing options for sale. We talked about the paywall. Do you think we're going to be watching football from a virtual reality standpoint where we're literally immersed in watching the game from perspective on top of guys' helmets? I think we could. It's not that far-fetched. Um, the only question would be how much of the audience would want that level of disorientation. Because one of the things about football as it is, no matter what service you use, the the shots that you're getting you know, from the line of scrimmage and from the end zone, they pretty much give you all the senses of football except being there. 
And I don't know how many people want the feeling of being there. It's crazy chaos. It's The fact that a quarterback can see anything in front of him is amazing. Yeah, I mean, do we want to know how Patrick Mahomes makes the sausage? And how many times would we want to? I mean, if you want to pay for that once just to see what it's like, sure. I mean, but I don't know if you'd want a steady diet of it. But technologically, nearly anything is possible. I mean, you can put cameras in helmets now. You know, just that that's not... That's not a stretch. The NFL has deals with Caesars, DraftKings, FanDuel, FoxBet, BetMGM, PointsBet, and WinBet. I mean, something that 10 years ago was just unthinkable. A franchise going to Vegas? Unthinkable. A Super Bowl going to Vegas? Even if we would think about it, the answer would be no. But now that's all happening. What hasn't happened yet? But I do think happens. Ray, how is the NFL going to deal with its first actual sports betting scandal? And do you think we get one in the next decade? Absolutely. We've already really kind of had one. Right. With Calvin, not Ridley. Calvin Ridley. Not like a, oh, but I was no, just tying you're talking to, about yeah, full out game fixing? Yes. You know what? Yes, you will have that. And it won't make a damn bit of difference. It won't make a damn bit of difference because 103 years ago, we had a gambling scandal in baseball. Didn't make a difference then either. If you want the game, you'll tolerate that. Or you'll be angry about it, and maybe you won't bet as much, but you'll still watch. You know, until the day that they say, okay, now it's 50 bucks to watch, you know, Packers Lions. That's when the rubber will meet the road on that. But in terms of a scandal hitting the game, unless somebody actually kills somebody on the field, and I don't mean, you know, what happened to Damar Hamlin, and good for him that he survived it. But I mean, somebody maliciously trying to hurt a guy and he ends up dying. Short of that, I don't know what would turn people off of this. I mean, they just go... Including that, I don't know if that turns people Maybe. Off. I mean, if there is no frontier for football, then they may as well just arm everybody and turn it into hunting. Well, look, I mean, but, remember, Damar Hamlin laying on the turf... Getting CPR is the single most watched moment in the history of Monday Night Football. Yeah, but if it ended up as death, people might be rethinking some of their loyalties. But it didn't happen, so it's not really worth chasing. No, I think that they would absorb a gambling scandal. Whoever was involved would either be punished or buy their way out of it, because that's what justice in America is now. And the games would go on. I think the NFL has proven, you know, through... The behavior of of Dan Snyder in in Washington that will tolerate sexual assault and, and, and on a on a grand scale and keep going as though nothing happened. You know they we, will tolerate you know overt and covert racism and nothing will happen. You know it's I don't think a gambling scandal would do would harm the, the sport much at all. Welcome one and all to your five o'clock hour. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.